This is Daily Wager Extra. Here's Doug Kazarian. It is Thursday, so we have an in-depth NFL podcast coming up with oddsmaker John Murray uh, standing by it momentarily. Just want to remind everyone we've tweaked the format of this pod. And of course, I'm Doug Kazarian. I should probably introduce myself. So uh, this is a Daily Wager Extra, so a lengthier football podcast on Thursdays as we look ahead to the NFL weekend. And um, earlier on the same feed, Tyler and Anita breaking down tonight's game, props as well. But the, the every weekday, Monday through Friday, there's the normal Daily Wager podcast in and out in less than 10 minutes. And then we have one Thursday, looking ahead to the football weekend. And then uh, Sunday, uh, Monday, Monday morning that I tape Sunday night, just recapping everything. And we'll have a guest this Sunday. Did not have one last weekend. So work in progress on that front. But hope uh, hope you guys enjoy the content. Murray is standing by. We're going to wrap things up with the Bonanza, both of us in the black. So a nice start to the weekend, which was really a historic uh, starting weekend with a bunch of uh, dogs barking. And uh, in terms of college, uh, again, we have tons of content on ESPN.com's chalk section. I know it's nice on the pod, but we do that on Friday, a lot of our picks for the college. And... My favorite plays uh, Stanford at Vanderbilt, laying 12. There was 10s early in the week, and it just comes down to the new quarterback, McKee. Uh, this guy was the number third quarterback in 2018, coming out of high school behind Trevor Lawrence and JT Daniels. Went on his mission for two years, came back. I mean, he turned down Florida, Auburn. There were some high-profile schools. Even early in his recruitment was Texas and, and Alabama. So this guy's got the goods. I don't know why he wasn't starting the beginning of the season, and David Shaw took a while, but you saw how impressively he played at USC in the Coliseum that led to Clay Helton's firing. I think they go into Vanderbilt and take care of business. This should be a blowout. So I'm on that game. And then I have a couple other plays as well, but that's the one I really wanted to mention. It's my favorite play for the weekend. It'll be my best bet, most likely on Friday night on Daily Wager. And then obviously I have some other plays on SportsCenter hits and then ESPN.com's chalk section. Right now I have three plays. I'm on the first half under as well at Happy Valley in the Whiteout game, under 26 and a half, 27. But uh, go check it out, ESPN.com's chalk section, but let's get to Mr. Murray. Kicking is for losers. Yes, kicking is for losers, and boy, did we see a gold standard, as I texted you, Murray. Put this picture in the Louvre, the wide shot of the Carolina Panthers punting on the 33-yard line. Yeah, that was a good one. I missed that one somehow. I don't know what I was doing at that time. I must have been talking to a customer or whatnot. And uh, somebody somebody tweeted at me with a picture of it. So I, I appreciate whoever that was. Thank you. Always never assume that I saw a stupid field goal or punt. Always make sure that you're, you're keeping me abreast of all these things. I saw it, and I laughed out loud, and then I shared it with Ed. Uh, just yeah. a, a, a Ed Sammons. A very funny moment here. Yeah, that was something. Um, again, just that beautiful wide shot. I'm actually thinking about getting it framed. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not entirely – I haven't punted on that idea, if you will. Uh, recap, win, score one for the bad boys, the bad guys. 12-4 uh, and four ATS underdogs last week, including nine outright. Just historically mm-hmm. awesome for a week one in terms of the dogs barking. What do you make of this? I mean, I think it's more just like, well, first of all, sometimes it's just the ebb and flow of a schedule. Like this week we have three double-digit spreads. Like you can't just like, it's just kind of random. But then also there was a lot of short numbers. I thought it was a tough survivor week. And um, yeah. what do you make of it? Is just the market's kind of off early on? What did you, uh, real quickly, what did you use, end up using for Survivor? Because we, uh, our, our, our entry ended up using Tampa Bay. We got the great idea of use Tampa Bay, and then they somehow lose, just go back the next day and sign up again. Oh, wow. And, uh, and of course, Tampa Bay, 
easy win. You know, sure. never had to never had sure. to worry about that. I, I just wanted them to win so I could go to bed on Thursday night because I was I knew I had a big day Friday. And then Godwin fumbles the ball going into the end zone. I'm like, oh come on, I got to stay awake longer than this. Uh, we did survive very easily. Move on, moving on to week two. Yeah, I did Tampa in my main pools, and then I ended up doing Detroit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, San Francisco and my other ones sure. against Detroit. Um, yeah, what do you make of these upsets? I don't, I don't know. I don't make too much of it, really. I mean, first of all, one week is a small sample of games. I mean, the only one that really caught me uh, by surprise would have to be Pittsburgh beating Buffalo. That was a yeah. very impressive performance by the Steelers defensively. I mean, that looked like one of the best defensive units in the league poor weather in Buffalo for that game to put it to put it uh, lightly uh, but that was that was really the only one that uh, I would say I was shocked by I'm, I'm not going to say I was stunned that Houston beat Jacksonville Jacksonville went one in 15 last year I, I don't know that uh, anything else really took me by surprise good win for the 49ers like you mentioned the Rams won easily we actually got crushed on the Monday night game you know when I when I left work on Sunday it was very even the, the money was very even but on Monday all day long, Raiders, Raiders, Raiders money line, Raiders first half. We got crushed on that game. So, but but would you call it a surprise that that the Raiders won that game? I I wouldn't say that. No, I, I think surprise is always the softest word. So yeah, I would be just because I thought they couldn't. But you know, it was mm-hmm. a, the line closed three. To your point, the market crashed. Uh, I was stunned watching it. And everyone asked me, you know, friends of mine, like, who do you like? Who do you like? I'm like, honestly, sharps are on uh, Raiders. I kind of like Baltimore, but. You know, Sharps were on him at four, we were, uh, three and a half. I was trying to, because my, my superiors in our in our box on Monday night were cheering for the Raiders. And I was trying to warn them to the fact that we <laughs> we really don't want to see the Raiders win the game outright. And, and, you know, Raiders outright and the over, of course, was the worst case scenario for us. And uh, it didn't matter. There's nothing we could do to stop that. But that was that was a great night. An awesome experience for sure. You're uh, such a suit, Murray. You're such a suit in a box. I know. I know. The place like the, to like, be yeah. in Vegas on Monday night, by the way. I know. And my my superiors were were they were rooting for the Raiders and having a good time. But me being such a serious company man, I was furious that the Raiders won the game because it was so bad for the house. But Saturday and Sunday were great for us. Thursday we did very well too. So overall, a great weekend for Superbook. Yeah, heavy money on Tampa. That line steamed up, and of course, you mentioned the Niners. That was an epic bad beat for anyone who bet it on Sunday. Really, really historic one. Down twenty-four. The Lions with two minutes to go. The Lions not only get a touchdown, an onside kick recovery, and a touchdown, but they get both two-point conversions and needed both to uh, to hit that backdoor cover. Like the Patriots in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, a few years ago, remember that they had to get they had to get both two point conversions. They did uh, slightly less important game there, but the Lions did manage to cover for the late betters. You know, a lot of the money we had here though was on 49ers money line, 49ers teasers, and 49ers bet earlier before the number went across eight. So really, it wasn't a great result for us. It wasn't a bad result for us, but it wasn't. We we did lose on the game, but it wasn't like a huge beatdown. The big losers for us were definitely the Rams Sunday night. That game went favorite over. All the parlays went into the Rams. And then, like I mentioned before, the Monday night game, not a good result for us, but we'll be okay. Well, I am uh, I'm heavy against the Raiders this week. We'll get into that momentarily. Uh, I want to talk about tonight's game, the football team in a very low total, lowest of the season at 40 yeah. and a half. Uh, there were some 41s last week, I believe, or some. I mean, one. Um Heineke, 
power rating wise, obviously a downgrade from Fitzpatrick. I actually think he's the risk taker, not Fitzpatrick. He's not afraid to force a throw here and there. Giants look like a mess last week, and I just don't think it's solved on a short week. This number was five and a half. Did you take sharp money or just move with the market? Mostly moving with the market here. In fact, most of the money we've taken at the the Superbook is on Washington. So, yeah, we are definitely coming down a little bit with the market. The Giants looked so bad on Sunday. You talk about a game we lost a lot of money on. Denver winning at the Giants was probably Exhibit A other than the primetime games. Took so much money on Denver in Colorado, of course, right? And then we just we took a lot of money here in Las Vegas on the Broncos as well. So disastrous result for us. What are the Giants doing? Like, what is their game plan? You know, they, they draft a running back with the second overall pick. He runs 10 times for 26 yards. They're sticking with this Danny Dimes. I heard their coach had the players running sprints or laps out of game. Like, this is JV high school football. <laughs> I, I don't know what the game plan is here for the New York Giants. I don't care because I'm not a Giants fan, but they, they seem like, in a division of dysfunctional organizations, they seem like they are somehow the most dysfunctional. I you think we're like, going to need them tonight. You think the meathead Gettleman on the mic instills a lot of confidence? No, I don't. I think he's a complete bonehead, and, and he, he, I don't think it's going to be a big decision. This is going to be nothing like last Thursday's game, which was such a high-volume Thursday night game, Dallas-Tampa Bay. Tonight's game, much more, much less... Much less interest, let's say that. But it does look like we will need New York. Well, you asked me what's going on. I have a good friend who's a huge Giants fan. He, like, breaks down film and all that. He knows his stuff. And he brought it up, and I ran Mm -hmm. it by some NFL analysts, and they kind of agree. Daniel Jones is not a good fit for the Jason Garrett offense. He doesn't look comfortable. I think the Shermer offense, even younger in his career, he just looked better. Um, So there might be a change there if things continue to progress down this road. But the Giants are 16-4 and ATS as a road dog since 2018. So for, wow. for whatever reason, home dogs are terrible. Um, but 16-4 and four is pretty pretty noteworthy. I'm on Washington minus three. I gobbled that up yesterday when the market hit. Um, was able to squeeze that into, in, in between some work stuff. But uh, three and a half, mm-hmm. I just a little gun shy. But I would probably buy it from three and a half. What, you, what do you charge for three and a half even to three and a half? Well, you, or to three you'd have what? to pay my – well, three is such a key number. So you'd have to actually pay minus 30. Okay. To go to minus three here, so I, I would certainly not recommend doing that. That so would the, be that, that to me. That's just too much. I mean, I agree. If the I would do twenty. Are, if, I would if do the twenty. Football if you can team find wins a, by three. Yeah. Famous last words, but I, I wouldn't recommend anyone doing that. Yeah, I would do minus three, minus twenty if uh, if I could mm-hmm. do that. Um, that. I actually did it a little bit in some fifteens and one ten. So all right, uh, let's switch to the weekend. I want to start with the Sunday night game because I feel this is such a pivotal game. I think you're gonna have a bunch of parlays. A bunch of everything tied to the Chiefs. Obviously, betters remember what they last saw. Even though Kansas City is 2-10 ATS, dating back to last year, including the playoffs. But the public yep. continues to pour out on Mahomes. But but the bookmakers also like Mahomes because he's not covering lately. But this Ravens team, I think they've, they're just, you know, with the injuries. Now Stanley's out for this weekend. The, the, the secondary's mm-hmm. off. Even Humphrey's not really a lockdown seemingly against the Raiders. So I think there's just issues here. We know about the running back injuries for Baltimore. I, I, I think the Ravens championship window is closed, actually. It's kind of sad. Um, but I think Kansas City, this is a whoops them. And I think this number is going to go up Sunday. This is already, you know, this is our fifth year doing the show together, DK. This is the most one uh, lopsided ticket count I've ever seen in an NFL game on th- Thursday morning since we started doing this show. It's it's about a 35-to-1 ticket count on Kansas City. And 
this is a high volume game, which makes that ticket count even more eye popping. This is going to be the most heavily bet game of the week. I don't think the Monday night game is going to get too much action because of the big point spread. I don't think the Thursday night game is going to get too much action because the Thursday night game is terrible. This is going to be by far the most bet game of the week, edging out Cowboys Chargers, and it's 35-1 to 1. tickets on Kansas City. Yeah, I'd say the books are going to be needing Baltimore pretty big on Sunday. <laughs> that is remarkable. So, so, so have you taken any sharp money at all on the Ravens yet? I, I wouldn't say, oh, no, no, on the Ravens, okay. no, I don't think we've taken any money yet. No, we've taken a couple small bets. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we haven't really taken anything that I would say is sharp. We opened at two and a half. We quickly went to three, now three and a half. Uh, it, it's, it's just been an avalanche of money on Kansas City, but all public money in this game so far. So I interviewed a bookmaker from another book just doing an article for ESPN.com, just a little quick preview. Like, he thinks they'll, they'll step in at four, four and a half, so... Do you anticipate mm-hmm. this line going up if you think the Sharps are waiting at four? Uh, you could definitely see that happening. He, th- he thinks that they will take four, just to be yeah, clear. I do not. I mean, I, I think it's I, – I don't know. We'll see about that. I mean, I know that Baltimore, uh, Baltimore came into the season as one of the highest power-rated teams in the league. So it is interesting to see them getting three and a half, four points at home in week two. It's not as if Kansas City blew through the Cleveland Browns last Sunday. I mean – they, they were actually a little bit fortunate to win that game. They were down 29-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter. Botched snap on a punt really helped them win the game. So it's not as if Kansas City's coming in here just off of a huge victory. Uh, so I, I'm a little surprised to see this, this one-sided of a ticket count on the game. Uh, I am too. I, I think it's more just Baltimore looks vulnerable. I mean, I, I, just to the eye test, they look like they have more vulnerabilities than they have in years past. And, I mean, you can – you know, we've seen these 90% plus ticket counts in the past. Not that this isn't extreme, extreme, but the public wins a lot, right? The, the, the Those hit sometimes, right? So it's not like it's all like sure, automatic fade, right? Yeah. So I'm not too worried no, that you I'm can't, on the side you're of the not gonna, You're not going to make money in the NFL if all you do is just fade the public. They win too. So that, that that's not – I certainly wouldn't suggest doing that. I certainly wouldn't suggest just saying, oh, the public is on this, on side A. I'm just going to blindly bet side B. You're, you're still probably going to juice out with a minus 110. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because it always it seems like a little bit of far-fetched kind of narrative out there. Let's talk about games that you have taken sharp action from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much as far as like the really sharp play this week. I know early on we had guys taking the 49ers minus three, but that one has started – that one has settled at three anyway. So I, I'm not sure about – that one being a real sharp side. The guys were taking minus three on the look-ahead number, guys that usually the market moves with. So I'm a little surprised that it stalled there at three. That's why I bring that game up. Chargers, definitely a sharp side. Chargers, they laid two and a half and three. Now that game's at three and a half. That was before the Demarcus Lawrence injury news came out. But I would say for sure that'd be the, the, the side to highlight in terms of sharp action here for week two. That's fascinating because I would for sure think they'd be on Dallas plus the field goal. That's very not yet. Surprising. You know, you know, yeah. you you would think, and and the Chargers have been like just such a gutless team at home as as a home a home favorite. Excuse me for years, going back to when they played in San Diego and and uh, Philip Rivers was their quarterback. They've always been a home favorite fade for the wise guys. And Dallas really, I know they lost on Thursday night, but. They really looked a lot better than I thought they were going to be, frankly. I mean, the Cowboys look like they're going to be clearly the best team in the NFC East based on what I saw on thir- last Thursday. 
So I, I'm agree. I agree with you. I'm a little surprised to see that all that sharp money come in on uh, on Los Angeles there. Any other games? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I know I, I know a lot of wise guys like Carolina this week. I yeah. think they might be waiting for the number to go up a little bit. I see some three and a halfs out Coming there. Down, though. We're booking. Yeah, we're booking that game a little on the low side. We've got Carolina plus three even money. So we're probably not going to see a sharper player. We're not going to see a sharp player take the number with us here. Not when there's plus three and a half, minus one ten around around the city. Uh, one number that's been bet up a lot with us here is New England. We opened New England minus three and a half. We're up to New England minus six. So there was some sharp money very early in the week on New England in that game. That those numbers are long gone though. You know, I, I don't like to highlight the bets that the numbers are, are long gone. It's interesting. You know. Yeah. But yeah, you mentioned New Buffalo. Sure at three and you and I were talking earlier about Buffalo as well, right? Well, Buffalo is the game that we've taken the most money on. Buffalo, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of buried right now to the to the Buffalo Bills. We had a guy on Monday night; he bet sixty thousand on Buffalo minus three, minus one ten. We're at minus three, minus one twenty, and we've got about a four to one ticket count on the Bills in that game. Bills off of that bad loss to Pittsburgh that we mentioned. Miami off of a really good win in New England. And, and we're, we're hammered pretty hard right now to Buffalo, at least in Nevada. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. There's three favorites of about six, five and a half or six that really stand out to me. First one's Pittsburgh coming off that win you alluded to with the Bills hosting the Raiders off the uh, short week and monumental win. The Patriots game, as you alluded to, is now up to five and a half or six. And then Denver. Denver minus six at Jacksonville. Denver, like the Niners, back-to-back road games to start the season. I know the, Ra- the Niners are going to Greenbrier uh, between games. Um, anything stand out? For me, it's all I'm all on, on Pittsburgh. I just don't think the Raiders have demonstrated over time that they are capable of doing what it takes yeah. off a big win like this and everything it meant historically for Allegiant Stadium and, and short week and all that to go on the road, country, early time slot and handle their business against a stout defense like Pittsburgh with that offensive line goods now out for the year. I just don't think the Raiders showed it last year when they had that impressive performance at home Sunday night against the chiefs. Things were at least Mm -hmm. positive, even though they lost the game late Mahomes pulled the rabbit out of the hat. They went to Atlanta and lost by about 40 with five turnovers and more than 100 yards in penalty difference. So uh, I just don't trust the Raiders being able to handle the situation. I think it's a really tough spot for the Raiders. The short week, you mentioned the traveling from west to east for the early time slot. It, it really is about as hard of a spot as you're going to get for for the Las Vegas Raiders this season. And they're off of that emotional win. It's about a two-to-one ticket count on Pittsburgh. But that's really nothing. That's nothing noteworthy for a six-point favorite. That's about usually what they are. So there, there's nothing really in this game that I can report on. I mean, the number has stayed pretty consistently between five and a half and six and a half. Right now we're at Pittsburgh six, and the ticket count is about what I'd expect for a six-point home favorite. Really nothing, uh, nothing too noteworthy there. I mean, the one line I do think is interesting is uh, if you look at Denver and Jacksonville, 
Well, this number was more like Denver three. Denver's all the way up to six. I see a wow. six and a half out there right now. I think that number's a bit of an overreaction, personally. I, I think that number. I know that Jacksonville looked really bad. They lose at Houston in week one. They went one and 15 last year. There's not a whole lot to be inspired by with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I do think that line's a little bit high. Uh, for, and I, I think uh, Jacksonville might be worth a look at plus six, plus six and a half. I'm really curious to see how that game plays out because you're paying a tax for sure, but Denver may be that good. Like Denver could win by 10. Yeah. Right? And, and Jacksonville might be that bad. Yeah. You know, if, if, De- if Denver, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, but if Denver goes in there and they win that game by three or four touchdowns because Jacksonville can't move the football, exactly what happened to the New York Giants this past Sunday, that just tells you that Jacksonville might actually be this bad again. Maybe Urban Meyer should be looking west, <laughs> replacing Clay Helton in California there. I can't believe it. I, it's just it's so funny to me. I saw that headline yesterday that Clay Helton got fired, and, and still, it's amazing that he's still the, he was still the coach there. Like, how was that guy not fired three years ago? It's, it's astonishing. That Bro, he's a good guy. He's Hilton. a good guy. What do you mean? He's a good guy. Oh, well, he did a great, he did a great job. Um, one game that's fascinating. You know what? I, I got one more. Okay, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I got one more game where the betting has been interesting. Cincinnati at Chicago. You know, it's about a three and a half to one tick account on the Bengals. Bengals are a two and a half point dog. Bengals look like a very good teaser option. You can take them up to eight and a half, a relatively low total of 45. No, the Bengals. Bengals plus two and a half. Right, duh, duh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, yep. No, you're fine. Uh, so that, they look like a good teaser option, but I, I, would, I would consider looking at the Chicago Bears as well just because I, you don't normally see that kind, of, that kind of a ticket count on a dog like the Bengals. The Bengals don't exactly have a huge following. So yeah. it's interesting to see them getting that kind of money as a dog. And the Bears do. And by the way, I, I'm very mm-hmm. reluctant to, A, bet against the Bears in September, although I did with the Rams. But Bears home openers – Typically, for whatever reason, over the years they are a dangerous team. Uh, you know, they always get like the scoop and score, the ricochet pick six, and the crowds rocking. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a very public team too. So I'm surprised uh, that, like you said, three and a half to one is surprising. And don't forget about the Andy Dalton revenge spot. Oh, you know that's certainly the, yeah. the big storyline going into this week. Mm-hmm. I would, I really would look at the Bears though in that spot. I think that number. It's come down a little much. Uh, I, the Bengals looked impressive on the offensive side of the ball. They win against Minnesota in overtime, but I'm a little surprised to see them getting less than three in Chicago for the Bears' home opener. A number that surprised me, this was up to four and a half. The team that, since he just beat in overtime, Minnesota catching four and a half. It's now down to three and a half in Arizona. Look, the Cardinals look tough, right? It was an impressive win in Tennessee. All four NFC West teams Won their opener. We discussed many of many platforms how this could be the best division in football. I think the Vikings are on the decline, but three and a half does feel a little rich. Well, the the Cardinals may have had the most impressive Week One game that nobody's talking about to go into Tennessee and handle their business like that. Everybody's on the Cardinals this week. You know, it's about a ten to one count. We'll need Minnesota pretty big, and that's not a big surprise. Minnesota loses to the Bengals. Arizona had that great win on Sunday, and of course, the public is backing up the. Backing up the Brinks truck to take Arizona this week. A little bit of a tax on Seattle facing Tennessee. It's six now. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's a. I think it's because of uh, how, like we just said how bad Tennessee looked. Uh, we did take some money immediately on this game when we opened it. They took Seattle minus five. We're up to six right now. That number does seem a little high. You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't too high on Seattle 
coming into the season. But I have to admit that that, that that was an impressive win. Their defensive line dominated Indianapolis up front. They gave Carson Wentz no time to do anything in that game on Sunday. So I, I got to take my hat off to the Seahawks for that win for sure. But that number does seem a touch high considering that Tennessee was pretty much everyone's favorite to win the AFC South just a few days ago. One bad loss, and they just throw you away, I guess. Yep, that's the NFL uh, public betting for you. And speaking of the AFC South, the team that's we think is going to be their stiffest competition is Indianapolis. Uh, I would say a tax on this as well, but I, I cannot bet against this Rams team. I think they barely showed anything last weekend, controlled that game. I think anytime the Bears got close, they're like, all right, let's just do play action. Stafford's going to throw deep. We're good. I think the Rams are legit, well, it, like, it, legit, legit. It, Indianapolis couldn't block Seattle. And now they've got to go up against Aaron Donald in this Rams defense. You know, we, we closed that game three, uh, Seattle three in Indianapolis. And now the Rams are only three and a half. Well, I definitely think the Rams are more than a half a point better than Indianapolis, than Seattle is. So, and I agree with you. I think they didn't really have to show their hand against Chicago last week. So yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, I'm not really looking to lay three and a half on the road on a, on a game. The public is all over, but I also definitely wouldn't want any part of Indianapolis at that number. Sean McVay, 8-1 and one against the spread in weeks one and two so far in his career. So um, oh. impressive uh, stat to throw your way. I think that covers it. I guess you mentioned that New Orleans-Carolina game. Very tricky for New Orleans. They have eight guys out, including six offensive coaches. How many offensive coaches can one team have? So they have six that How are out with COVID. How many coaches do they have? I, I don't they have know. Six then, guys out? What do they have, like 100 guys on the coaching staff? What, what, that seems like a lot. And then they obviously know, they played away from home in the opener, their home game in Jacksonville. So this is a tough, <laughs> tough spot here. It is. And Carolina looked very impressive defensively on Sunday. We're going to forget about Matt Rule and that ridiculous punt. But, you know, it's all, I don't want to say too much before we get into the bonanza, but you know it would be tough for me to go against Jameis Winston. How proud were you? And it How proud were you to watch him? Wasn't it like a proud father oh, moment? I'm sitting there. Just it, it was, man. I, I, you can't. You cannot tell me that New Orleans has not upgraded at the quarterback position this season. Of course, absolutely they have. They have absolutely upgraded at quarterback. It's not a knock on Drew Brees. Drew Brees was a great player, but last season he was done. He couldn't play anymore. He couldn't throw anymore. The New Orleans is definitely better at quarterback now. They've got a very talented team. I I, I don't know when all their coaches are going to get out of COVID quarantine, but there's a lot of talent on that New Orleans roster. But I, I think that number is a little high in Carolina this week. After Sunday's show in the morning, I did an hour and a half of radio, and I did it with people I've never uh, done radio with, so the spicy takes were fresh. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one, we were picking some game. One was like, oh, I love Green Bay. It's a, I'm like, come on. First of all, Jameis, they would have won the playoff game over Tampa if he had played. And they're like, oh, my God, they're going crazy. Everyone, it's such a low-hanging fruit to mock Jameis with his 30-for-30 30 30 season. And I get it. We teased yeah. him plenty, but we also were believers in him in New Orleans. Um it was, it was nice to be on the right side of history, if you will, for a week, or at least for a day. Uh, so it was good. It's very you rare for me. Yeah. yeah. It was a nice it's very moment. rare for me. Uh, so, yeah, I'll bask in that. And, I, and So we'll see how I do this week with the picks. But, uh, yes, anytime I can win in the NFL, i got to take a very prolonged victory lap because the, the wins are few and far between, believe me. Every year we see a team that's – you know, got a win total of like nine, nine and a half. That's supposed to be in the playoffs. It just lays an egg. Um, is Minnesota going to be that team? Who's going to be that team this year? And there could be multiple ones. Minnesota was a team that we just could not stop writing bets on in the preseason. I think it was because 
I think it was because Green Bay, the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and Green Bay didn't exactly light the world on fire in week one. They looked awful. But uh, Minnesota was a team, we're buried to them in the future books, so we don't want to see them do well. Uh, they, they, they very well could be that team, and hopefully they are that team for our sake. Uh, let's round things out with the aforementioned Green Bay Packers, the three double-digit favorites here. Do you typically see them in money line parlays or the money line just too high that people don't even get involved in that because it's not worth risking a loss? Uh, how, are, how do teams typically approach it? You mentioned earlier that you don't think Monday night's going to have a huge handle because of the point spread. The other two are in, on Sunday during the afternoon and morning. So what do you make of these three double-digit spreads? You're not going to get the kind of volume on a game with an 11-point spread as you do. On the, like The game last Monday night was the perfect game for handle, a three-point road favorite, excuse me. And the, the, the home team was actually the public side because they were the local team, here, at least here at our book in Nevada. It wasn't that way at our books in Colorado and New Jersey. But this, this is the kind of game that the public will be scared off a little bit here. Green Bay is an 11-point favorite. They looked absolutely awful. In week one, the, the game we mentioned where they lost to uh, the New Orleans Saints, I don't think the public's going to be in a big rush to, to play the Packers, but they'll find a way to force out a bet. They always do. And the, way, the bet that they'll talk themselves into forcing out will be some sort of a combination of money lining those three teams you mentioned and then some big college favorites and then probably teams like the Denver Broncos a six-point road favorite. That's more of the, the money line type plays the public likes to make. You'll see the Steelers in there sometimes. Seattle will be in some of them, but for sure. Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. How could any of those teams lose? That will be the approach that they'll take. And I know we'll get some big three-team parlays like that. And then they'll mix in some college teams, like I said. LaFleur is 6-0 ATS off an outright loss, but I do kind of lean Detroit in that one. I, I just said be very careful. Green Bay will get right, but I think Detroit's going to be hanging some points as well. That's just my early. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, survivor-wise? I mean, I think you know everyone's going to probably be using Cleveland, but do you use Green Bay? And do you want to save Cleveland for later? I can't uh, use actually, Tampa Bay. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you who I'm going to use in one of my pools, yeah, and when we get to the bonanza. So let's do let's do just that. It. All right, back in the bonanza. Started off with a really bad beat. Um, wasn't happy about the the, the, uh, the blown cover by the Niners. Sometimes you have to take bad numbers when you do contests and things like that. Um, but uh, oh, sorry, I'm thinking of a radio show. I um, had the teaser with the with the Bucks. It was two and a half was the number I had. So we lost that, but we came back with the Rams. And you had a nice easy cover with the Browns, wire to wire, essentially. Yeah, Cleveland was a good one. And we, while we were recording this show last week, last Thursday, there was money pouring in on the Browns at plus six. The number came down to plus five. We did lose some money on that game because Kansas City money line was in so many parlays. But the Browns covering the spread was really never in doubt in that game. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could have had a big pick six late, but um, yeah, true. That's you know that happens in every game. So I'm happy I got there. I did not play out of it. I thought about it. And I said I had a bankroll to work with. I got to make up for my uh, make up for my teaser loss, and I knew you were in the in the win column with the Browns, so I, I let it ride with a nice. So I'm at eighteen hundred. You're at a dime. Nice positive start to the season. So I guess I'm on the tee box first, and um, I'm going to start with the team you mentioned. We just sec- a second ago, a teaser or excuse me, the survivor. I, I'm really close to pulling the trigger on the Steelers. I I, I think. It's a great opportunity to play a team that you're probably not going to use much the rest of the year. There's only a couple times I'd even yeah. consider it. They're better early in the season. Big Ben's healthier. 
I think it's a horrendous spot for the Raiders, as we talked about. I think five and a half is cheap. I'll go 2K for the Bonanza bankroll. But uh, I'm actually, I don't want to get too cute in these contests, but sometimes you have to. And I think it's a good opportunity to use the Steelers, who I think are as a solid, solid choice to get the outright win. Yeah, I think it that makes some sense because that's such a good division uh, that you're not going to have a whole lot of opportunities to use these teams, which is exactly why I will most likely end up using Cleveland. I mean, I, I know that you, you might want you want to save these better teams, but how are you ever going to have a better spot than playing at home against the Texans and the Browns are off of a loss? I, I just I can't imagine a better opportunity to use yeah. Cleveland than this week. Um, we'll see. Uh, that's not official. But that's the plan. As far as the bonanza, I'm going to go to the game we talked about earlier. I'll take Carolina plus three and a half, minus one ten. The Superbook has plus three even, but plus three and a half, minus one ten is available all over the city. Sure. So put me down for Carolina plus three and a half, uh, eleven hundred to win a thousand. I like Jacksonville. I'm a little scared of the Bears. Let me just go with Carolina for now. But you can find me on Twitter okay. if I do anything more. I'm going to throw a small play now because I think it'll probably come up because it's the Monday nighter. But I'm going to go a nickel. Just a nice, easy nickel uh, over 48 for the Lions and Packers. I think we're going to see a lot of points. That Detroit defense is something special. Um, they're really I don't, bad. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever seen you bet such a or risk such a small number as a nickel. I don't know what's going on. Get in early, grab that 48 market. Uh, yeah. trend to 40 and a half, 48 and a half. We have a 48 yeah. at Caesars. Um, okay. Would you like me to do a parlay okay. or something? Is that, is no, that what you want? No, I want you to. I want you to be happy. I, that's all I care about. I just. I. I don't think I've ever heard you. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard the word nickel come out of your mouth before. So okay, that's well, fine. We're going two so K got... on Pittsburgh. Just wanted to go like nickel. So if you get the win, you can have a little right. rooting interest, if you will. Mm-hmm. I had. Um... Well, I don't know how else you could watch. Uh, you can't watch that Monday night game without a rooting interest. I mean, that, that's. The Thursday and the Monday night game, you know, week one, the NFL treated us to really tremendous Thursday and Monday night games. And week two, we are paying the tab for that because these are a couple of duds for sure. Uh, I'll leave you with this. A buddy of mine, uh, about <laughs> 10 years ago, we were in L.A. all like at a Sunday bar, at a bar on a Sunday watching games. He had to call a bet in and he wanted to put 50 bucks on on a team. And he, and he on the phone, he called it a small 50. And he's like, you know, 26 in business school. It's like, oh, because you weren't going to do the 50 grand. You wanted to make sure it was small 50, uh, not a big 50. Yeah. But, that, you know, every, all clarify. of our friends have those mannerisms. You just pick up on the little. He'd probably been doing that for like forever, right? And then we just happened to yeah. overhear it. And we, to this day, we always refer to it as small 50. Uh, if it's ever 50 bucks yeah. on anything, like the bar tab or whatever it is. Like for dinner, you owe me, you owe me small 50 for dinner. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> So well, yeah, next so small time, 500, uh, a small 500 in the Bonanza, not a big, not a, not a 500 K. Next time I bet two or 300 bucks on a UFC fight, I'll be sure to clarify that I bet 200 grocery dollars, not $200,000. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'll, good. I'll, keep, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Good stuff as always, Mr. Murray. Um, I actually will say, let's hope that there are no kicking for loser moments, but I know we both know that's a lie. I want more punts from the 33. I, I joked on Twitter and even last week's pod. I, I, I'd love to see like a game show with uh, Vrabel, Rule, um, maybe Tomlin or someone like that. And it's like, name that tune. Like, yeah. I can punt from the 33-yard line. I can punt. From, okay, you can go. You know, it's just like in the, like Narduzzi MCs or something like that. I, I just It's amazing. I, 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 there should be a name that tune style, style for the punts. 
I've never disagreed with you more. If you, if, you, if you think you say, hopefully we don't have any more of these short punts and field goals, what are you talking about? That, that's that's all my enjoyment on a Sunday. I love, I love working on Sundays. I love being here at the Superbook on Sundays because all of the real bosses are off, and I'm left to my own devices to watch football games with Ed Sammons and the team here and laugh at the short punts and the field goals where the defense is standing in the end zone. Working on Sundays is a blast. Awesome, awesome. All right, my man, you are spoiled that you get to do that. And, and fortunately, everyone on Twitter's <laughs> extra set of eyeballs out there in case a situation like Matt Rule's punt from the 33 is there and you miss it, we we aim please. to please. And uh, I have that picture. I actually think I'm going to get a frame. Just just my little gift for you. <laughs> there, might be right. a, there might be a better one this season, though, DK. I'll leave you with that. There might be. What if there's an even dumber punt? It's only week one. We've got 17 more weeks plus the playoffs. I think we should do a little prop culture on that, maybe on the show on Daily Wagers. Do like, will there be a punt from less than there'll be thirty-two and a half? Make that the over/under on like the shortest yard line of a punt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, buddy. Uh, be well. All right, guys. Talk later. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Daily Wager Extra podcast. We really appreciate everyone downloading, subscribing rating and reviewing. I know a lot of you have reached out via Twitter, even Instagram saying, where's the behind the bets? It's the same, same pod. It's just in a different feed and we made it easier on you. You're already subscribing. And so it's going to be an additional pod on Thursdays. And then we get one on Monday mornings now and really now two podcasts Monday morning because we have the regular 10 minute abbreviated one or less than 10 minute one regular one for Monday morning. So that's going to do it. Uh, good luck this weekend. Football season now officially in full swing. Thanks for listening to daily wager extra. Come back for new episodes six days a week, every week, wherever you get your podcast. 